I hear the voice of my grandmother calling me. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling. Wake up, wake up, she says, wake up, wake up. Listen, 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 listen. May the rivers all run free. May the mountains be unspoiled. May the air be pure. May the trees grow up tall. May the earth be shared by all. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling me. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling. Wake up, wake up. She says, wake up, wake up. Listen, 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 listen. May the rivers all run free. May the mountains be unspoiled. May the air be pure. May the trees grow up tall. May the earth be shared by all. May the air be pure. May the trees grow up tall. May the earth be shared by all. Hello and welcome to the Womb Centered Healing Podcast. I'm Sama Morningstar. And before we get started with today's episode, I just want to share a few announcements about what's going on in the Womb Centered Healing Temple. So we are preparing to get started with the next round of the Biomystical Womb Apprenticeship. This next round will start October 31st, and there will be an overlap of the previous 13 months apprentices with the new uh, batch of apprentices coming in. And I'm so excited to be facilitating these apprentices that are will be completing their first 13-month apprenticeship to step into the role of mentorship and supporting the new apprentices coming in. So if you're interested in learning more about the Biomystical Womb 13-Moon Apprenticeship Program, you can go to the website at wombcenteredhealing.com and look for the Biomystical Womb Apprenticeship page to learn all about it. And um, I look forward to seeing you there. All right, that's all for now. Hello and welcome to the Womb Centered Healing Podcast. I'm Sama Morningstar, and I have Jennifer with me here today. Thank you so much for joining me, Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer came to me uh, as a uh, referred to me was referred to me by another podcast guest Tam who I recently interviewed on the um, on this podcast um, because she's involved in a collaborative book project and everyone who's been listening here knows how supportive I am of collaboration it's one of the foundations of this podcast in the first place why I love to interview all the all these people and Um, talk about how we're all remembering the importance of the womb in our lives. And so Jennifer, I would love for you to um, introduce yourself a little bit more and share about your womb-centered healing journey. 
Okay, thank you so much. I, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Um, so my name is Jennifer Blair. I am from Louisville, Kentucky, um, originally from Texas. I um, own a, I'm a life coach, um, inspirational speaker and author, and I own a company called Excavive Coaching and Consulting. And I've been doing this work since 2003. Um, I started this company, um, and I can go back a little further, but uh, just briefly, I started this company, um, which was a result after going through a divorce and some heat in prior to that, to starting the company, um, went through an enormous amount of healing. Um, my divorce was, was really, was, was, was very, was very hard. And so coming out of my divorce and the healing, I saw a need to create something that would allow women, um, I, I really wanted to empower women. I think I realized in my marriage, I was married for 12 years and I realized how I lost sight of who I was and really um, ended up choosing divorce as a route to heal myself to come back to myself, to kind of reclaim who I was as a woman, as a mother, as um, someone who could, I was, I was a leader in the community already, but to really work with other women to give them permission to be themselves. And so um, my whole reason for starting my company was to really help people come back to the essence of who they are, especially women. Um, I think there's so much that we, I think women are amazing, first of all. I mean, just the, just the fact that we, um, who we are as biologically and physically and what we do um, to even create a child, I think it's phenomenal. Uh, just that whole process in life. And it's not even just creating a child. We are constantly creators in our life over and over again. Um, and we relive our same stories sometimes, even along with that, until we do some healing. I think there's, there's wounds that we all have as humans as we go through life. And so I, I am a life coach, and the coaching is about moving someone forward. But it's also, for me, it was about really wanting to work with women who wanted to be their best selves, to do, to, to really look at how do they um, come back to themselves so they are amazing for what they do in the world with their families, their communities, their friends, their work, their purpose, um, their creativity. And so that's where the focus of my work really started. So it sounds like that focus came out of your process of finding that for yourself. And I'm curious um, about two things about that. First of all, what was that like? You know, what, what did you, what kind of healing uh, practices did you encounter? What kind of support did you get? And the second thing about it that I'd love for you to share about is how do you feel it was connected to your womb power. Now, this isn't something that we're accustomed to talking about, uh, but on this podcast, yeah. that's what we talk about. So, so talk. Exactly. So, a lot of people who come on this podcast, who I start asking these questions, uh, start to say things like, "Gosh, I didn't realize 
that's where that was coming from, was from, from the womb. So a lot of things like in, inner guidance, inner wisdom, um, a sense of, of purpose, a sense of connection to ancestry that, and support from the spirit realm and, and, a, and a connection with one's own soul and um, true identity and creative power. And all of these things we start to recognize, oh yes, right. that comes from the womb. So even if you didn't think of it then, <laughs> I invite you to retrospectively look back and say, gosh, you know, this was happening, this healing process, and gosh, I guess that was related to my womb healing, especially coming out of a relationship, you know? I mean, these these marriages, these relationships, it's sexuality is at the center of that and our womb is at the sexual as at the center of that sexuality and if the, if children were involved in a marriage you know the whole process of um, ending that marriage and navigating the children and why that marriage needed to end what kind of healing needed to happen it's it's so womb centered that whole process of of getting a divorce and re rediscovering oneself even the process of losing oneself in a marriage really is illuminates you know a lot about what needs to happen for that womb-centered healing process so um, i would love to hear more of your reflections and memories about your personal healing journey around this Great. Thank you. Well, let me go back a little bit before that, because I think when you look at healing, um, it wasn't just the one experience of divorce. Um, I grew up in Texas, you know, the Southern Baptist, good girl, you know, um, kind of that um, down in Texas where those messages were pretty conservative um, of who you are as a person. I got married, moved to Kentucky, love conquers all. And, um, and, and also to, to, to go back to Texas for a moment, um, growing up, my parents divorced when I was 13 and I was the child of an alcoholic. My father was an alcoholic. I saw my parents divorce and saw their, the breakdown of their marriage. And my mother had to, you know, back in the 1970s, um, she did not have a college degree. She had to go back to work. I mean, she had to get an education, go back to work. So I saw this, you know, I had, had strong, I did have a really strong, loving female presence in my life with my grandmother. Um, my mother did the best she could and she was also a strong presence, but she was, you know, her, the way she healed, <laughs> healed that divorce was she got to work to support two young girls and I was the oldest of two. So when I met my um, husband that I married and moved to Kentucky for, I, it was really important to me to never get divorced, <laughs> to, um, to really like, I don't want to repeat the cycles, that, those patterns. I don't want to keep that pattern going in my family. So I worked really hard to be the perfect wife, the perfect wife, you know, dinner ready when he walked in the door. Um, I did work at first when I moved here, but when we had kids, decided to be a stay-at-home mom. And I was also a volunteer in the community. And I was doing what I thought you were supposed to do um, to have this life, to have the two kids, the house, married to the attorney, do volunteer work out in the community. And it all looked perfect. And 
I also felt this great need though during that time to do volunteer work and I got involved with um, the Junior League of Louisville, which is a women's volunteer organization. Um, so much so, I also, I was always drawn to women's projects. Um, I chaired the Race for the Cure, which was about raising money for breast cancer awareness and that, bringing that back into our community. Um, I always worked on projects that were drawn that had something to do with healing women. Uh, I can't tell you why at the time I was drawn to that. Um, I now have a, an idea why I chose that. But so there was this moment when I was junior league president, my marriage had blown up. Um, I got into therapy, traditional therapy, to try to fix the marriage, so to speak. And I had this big community position. And I would run from you know, kids' school to meetings with you know, community leaders to working on trying to raise money for our organization. Um, and having this, having this thing happening with my marriage falling apart and nobody knew about it. I was one of the ultimate silent sufferers where I looked the part. I would get dressed up every day and look like life was great. And inside I was suffering and dying and thought, how many other people go through life like this? And really felt like it was, it was going to reach a breaking point, which it did. I stayed in the marriage two years after it blew up. Um, during that time, the only thing I had been doing was going to tr traditional therapy. Um, there was a point that before I chose to get divorced, I went out to Sedona, Arizona, and went through something called the Sedona Intensive, which was a seven-day intense program to look at uh, who am I, what do I like about myself, what do I not like about myself, look at the relationships. We, the, the thought was to work from the inside out, outside in. Um, it's where I learned to meditate. It's we did, um, we would have massage, we'd have a massage and then work with a therapist. So you were trying, I learned that things were connected to our body. Like that was kind of my first awareness of the emotional impact of what was happening, what happens to anything emotionally, anything that's traumatic. It, we hold that in our bodies. So as I started to do body work, I did uh, transformational breath work. I did um, acupuncture. Um, I started, and that is where any modality that I could find, I would just, I started embracing it because what I realized was not only do I have this big emotional thing going on, as well as a spiritual crisis, um, my body had been storing everything that was also happening. So one of my pathways was to start releasing this out of my body in whatever way I needed to through some of these other modalities. So um, it, Pilates was a piece of that. Um, yoga was a big part of that. And really getting into the breath work, journaling. I, I'm still a big fan of journaling. I think I, there's so many things. I, I just take pen to paper. I can work it out on the paper. Um, so I really... Some of the healing practices I used, I also believed in, in the importance of support systems. Um, being in that marriage and it breaking down and telling no one taught me that you can't live that way. Um, I, I really, I had to build a support system. I 
I told one person, two people here in Louisville, I, people back in Texas, I could, I could tell them because they live thousands of miles away and they didn't know anybody in Kentucky, so I could keep it away from the borders and so to speak. Um, and I started sharing it. I also went to Al-Anon, which was a support group for, um, 12 step support group for friends and family of alcoholics. I'd learned since I was a child of an alcoholic, I had traits of that and found support in those rooms. And actually through going to meetings and learning to use my voice and speak up, that became a, a, a really tremendous safe, in a safe place, a tremendous place to heal as well. Um, and I can honestly tell you for about three or four years, I made my self-care and healing a full-time practice. I just, I went to Al-Anon meetings three times a week. I went to therapy. I talked to astrologers. I talked to um, anybody I could find with any modality that I felt could, I was really searching to feel okay, you know, to feel normal or whatever that would, that, that means, but um, to try to make sure that I wasn't um, storing the trauma and any more my body than it was already there. Um, so it felt really important to do that. Um, when I decided to, and so that's, those are some of the healing practices that I did. I still meditate. Um, I go through different I've just started a new meditation. I go through different phases of that. I find that I do several I do a meditation for a long time and then I need to go to a different level or I need something different. I kind of look at it as I have a huge toolkit and need to have lots of different tools in my toolbox, whether it's journaling, meditating, praying, um, whatever those, you know, calling someone that's part of that tribe, my tribe, my female tribe, um, to have conversations with. I think are all important practices um, to have. Yeah. So I, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, did you want to ask me something? Yeah, I, I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm curious about that. And, and to also lead into that, I'm also curious about, you know, when usually when women are going through a big transformation, like the one that you described, um, there's usually, um symptoms and signs of of what healing needs to occur or what healing is occurring that shows up in the woman's menstrual cycle and womb biologically um so and i love to hear even retrospectively how some of those um symptoms changed throughout how this transformation was happening so you know, whether it's, um, you know, just the menstrual cycle and menstruation itself can, can tell us a lot about what's happening for us on all levels. So I'm curious if you can remember things like that, have made any of those connections, or can make some of those connections with us now today as you're talking, as you're reflecting on how the womb plays mm -hmm. into all of this. Sure. You know, I think, um, first of all, I know that back then with all of that, I, I lost a tremendous amount of weight. Um, when my, like I said, my marriage blew up. I think I lost 20 pounds in about a month. 
And so I, I stopped having my period. Um, I was in my late 30s. I'm now 57 today. So this is a while ago. So about 20 years ago, I did, um, I, I, that, it stopped, the flow kind of stopped. To me, it kind of represented the flow of life kind of stopped. Um, that's what it kind of, you know, kind of reflecting back how I would kind of name that. I also um, had adrenal fatigue. I was, I was kind of diagnosed with, I found um, alternative doctors to go to. I didn't just you do the regular medical, you know, I did my, my mammogram, my OBGYN, you know, I was very dedicated to those. Um, but I felt like I just didn't feel right and sought out um, an osteopath who diagnosed me with um, a thyroid problem that I thought I had, but didn't, um, no one had been able to find it until I found a, a phenomenal osteopath who I still see in Montana today. Um, and, I, and I also found another doctor here who, um, who did find the adrenal fatigue. And I think that adrenal, our hormones and our glands, I mean, that, those impact you know, those definitely impact your period and what's happening in your body. And my body was just so messed up from, <laughs> from a trauma, so to speak, you know, that, that trauma. Um, interestingly enough, as, as we talk about periods, my, I started my period at about the age 13, a little bit later than some girls now. And I started it right at the same time my parents got divorced or that that came out sort of that exact within a few months those two things happened so um you, you know, know i think there was some correlation there to to all of that yeah you know when you share about that i just am having some reflections if you don't mind uh sure. that i could share about that because when you said that the um hormones the adrenals the the glands the thyroid gland, all of that being impacted by the menstrual cycle, I would go so far as to say uh, it's intrinsically part of the whole same system. Absolutely. So, so it's not about one thing over here impacting another thing over here. <laughs> it's about if there's an imbalance over here, you betcha there's an imbalance over here because the Absolutely. whole thing is completely part of the same system. And, and, and when you mentioned that, um, that the adrenals were coming from a trauma experience, you said that trauma, were you referring to your divorce as being the trauma or the instigating yeah. events of the divorce being the traumatic experience? I think it's the divorce. I, here's what I really think. I think it, I thought it was the divorce that was the traumatic experience. I think it was that as much it was, as it was the repeat of the cycle of my parents. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was the trigger. It was, it was, I did not leave my marriage for two years because I did not want my children to come from a divorce home like mm -hmm. I had. Mm -hmm. So I think it was the, kind of your greatest fear coming true that you not what you when you have these you create these children you bring them into the world I mean the last thing I thought was that that I would be divorced I mean I didn't didn't certainly set out for that to happen and um and I stay I, I fought for two years to keep that marriage going 
but I left it and it was my choice to leave it because I realized I could never heal if I stayed in it. Mm -hmm. I realized that I had to get out because I lost who I was. My body was breaking down because of it. And um, so for me, that was, that was, that was, so they kind of go hand in hand a little bit. I think right. there's, some, there's some parallels there. Yeah. And you know, I would, even inquire and reflect on um, that the the traumas the trauma the originating trauma that mm -hmm. set up those patterns of stress response Absolutely. and set up a blueprint of what relationships look like in the first place right probably happened much earlier on than even your parents divorce absolutely and absolutely. and that that's some of the the work that we do in the bio mystical womb apprenticeship program is going through this lifetime but also reflecting on ancestral traumas that we may have inherited yes and i've actually done some past life work um i've gone back i've had some amazing teachers and um have done some some looking back to see those traumas and what I've learned is that um, there were many many lifetimes of the traumas and I was brought into this world to actually become the healer of some of that trauma that was happening I think that's why going into the work that I do as a coach um, it, it felt like it was, I was on purpose. It felt like it was the right thing to do. Coaching happened to be the modality I chose. Um, at the time, you know, I was in my early forties. I considered becoming a therapist, but realized um, I didn't want to, uh, I wanted to be more proactive in working with women. I felt like that was a piece that was missing. Um, and I do refer my clients to a lot of other practitioners around healing, even though I can't heal everything. Um, I can certainly recognize it. And I think that's, I've done a tremendous amount of work on intuition as well. And, you know, you talked about connecting to that wound power. Um, I think that's where a lot of this led me to. And I think this is what's so important about the feminine. And I think it's where the feminine power comes from is really understanding to really listen to ourselves, that inner voice, that inner wisdom that, that I really do believe comes deep down in the womb area. That's, there's so much for us to pay attention to, um, to learn to trust ourselves. And for me, it's, it's I think so much of my coaching, I, I bring that intuition into all of my work. I, I can tell from you know, the first few minutes on a phone call with a client, I, I kind of know what's happening, what's coming. I know the stuff underneath, it's not being brought forth. Um, and it's my job to, to bring that to them if it's the right situation. So I think that that, and I think it's one of the reasons that I, I wanted to connect with you, that um, when Tam, you know, gave us these opportunities to look at people we could reach out to, I was like, oh, someone who's, who's thinking about and talking about the feminine and talking about where that, that feminine, not just feminine, but the, the, the mother, the mother healing that is so needed in our world right now. 
um, more than ever, more than ever, I think it's needed, which I think has become so important in, in all of those of us who, who connect to that in any sort of way. Um, for me, it was, it was connecting to my own inner, my body, my own inner wisdom, also connected to spirit. I feel a strong connection to God, to the universe. So to me, it's, it's a, it's a connection. It's like a big power source that can happen if you're really in touch with it. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I often talk about how, uh, the womb is the portal where spirit can come into physical form. Right. And so that shows up very obviously in our biology where a new spirit who wants to incarnate on this planet, the portal for that is to come through a woman's womb, right? Well, inspiration and creativity often comes, people often talk about inspirations coming from the spirit world. That's why the word inspiration, you said, look at the etymology of that word that it's about spirit Absolutely. coming in, right? So inspiration exactly. comes, I feel, from that same, through that same portal of the womb. Right. And Absolutely. our connection to our ancestors, and, and you mentioned past lives. I've been feeling more and more like past lives are actually ancestors. Yes. And there's so many ancestors. When you start doing your family tree and going back generations, pretty soon you get, you know, so many generations back and it's thousands and thousands and thousands of ancestors on these branches of the family tree. Every time it's double, every time you go back a generation, it's double the amount. So you get back so far and it's thousands of ancestors and they've had all the different experiences that a person can be having at that time. And that's why, you know, I mean, I first started questioning the whole linear past life thing back when I um, experienced uh, some demo past life regression sessions with the hypnotherapist. And, and he was joking with us, a group of us afterwards saying, yeah, I can't tell you how many people I've met that had um, that were Mary Magdalene in a past life. Well, how could all these people be Mary Magdalene in a past past life? Well, the way that all these people could be Mary Magdalene in past life is that she's a common ancestor of all of these people. Exactly. And that we, yeah, and we, and that's one of the womb powers that we talk about is that through that womb center that connects with, connects us with our soul and our spirit, we also have this energetic umbilical cord that connects us back through the generations. To all of our ancestors and we can we can do the healing work now that the, our ancestors didn't have access to right they didn't have access to Al-Anon they didn't have access to you know Sedona the Sedona experience <laughs> they didn't have access to absolutely uh, I mean, you know even, astrologers even my and mother yeah absolutely even my mother you know I'll think back to my parents I mean they didn't have, it wasn't common to go see your therapist. And, uh, you know, you look at just even the generation right before us and grandparents, that wasn't what people did. Um, they didn't have, they didn't know about it. And there's been sort of an explosion of it. And I'm, I'm so glad there has been, um, you know, there are many paths. I don't believe there's just one right path to get there. 
there are many paths to get to this healing. Uh, but there was something you said a minute ago that I, I wanted to just speak to um, when you talked about the portal and um, creativity, because um, that's something that as I have been on my journey as a coach, that I felt kind of that, um, I, I believe you have experiences personally and professionally, and you're meant to heal them, transform them, and then give them out to others. I see, my, I see myself as um, I'm just the vessel. I'm just the vessel of the creativity coming through. And so I'm very thoughtful. I mean, I, I'm very excited. I get, I get excited about the creativity that I do. The books that I write, the, the newsletters, the um, articles, all of those things. And because they're not mine, they're, I'm simply the vessel, the spirit coming through me. And my job, I can't do that if I don't keep myself open and I don't keep in all aspects. That's why that wound healing, I think, is so important. Because if you aren't healing that, you can't be a vessel and a portal for that um, creativity in and of itself. So that's one of the reasons I keep a lot of practices in place for myself. Um, especially as a woman, you know, I've learned to use my voice. I've learned not to hold on to things that aren't mine. I've learned to have boundaries. Um, some of those other things that come with that, that we then need to keep them, keep for ourselves to be out in the world because we are still in the world um, in order to let that, that portal stay open for creativity, which is, I think, such a great gift that, that we can bring to the world as well. Yeah, and you know, back to the whole menstrual cycle and what you said about how your menstruation stopped for when it got to the the most um, difficult point of realizing you needed to leave your marriage and you'd lost yourself and the life flow of life had kind of dried up for you in that circumstance. Mm -hmm. And I'm imagining, and you know, I'd love to hear your reflections on this, I'm imagining that your creative flow had also dried up at that time, at the same time as the, you know, the adrenal fatigue and all of that is often about the flow of vitality being sort of dried up or, or stunted or staunched. And so that all of those flows seem to go hand in hand. And I'm really curious to hear how, um, how long it took or what kinds of healing experiences um, you felt were the most important for and most fruitful for bringing back that creative flow, bringing back your menstrual cycle, bringing back your feelings of vitality? Right. That's such a great question. You know, one of the things that also happened was, um, and, and I learned, you know, started to pay attention to the feminine masculine qualities that we all carry as well. And I think I had to kind of go, go be the guy. I had to, I was kind of in that fight or flight, first of all, a lot of stress. And then I had to, I was suddenly a single mom and I had to run a household. And so I was kind of in this, kind of gotten back into this sort of charge ahead masculine um, mindset. And I'm pretty, I'm a pretty strong person anyway. So one of the things I did to answer your question was, I really started to think about act physical activities that would rebalance the masculine and feminine. For instance, um, 
well, the biggest thing I did was dance, to be honest with you. I did um, flamenco, I took a, I started taking up Latin dancing. I took up flamenco, which was the first thing, because that was something that was a dance that I could really get in, back into my body, but it was a dance that I could do solo. It didn't require a partner. And I felt like I had to learn to dance with myself, had to be, bring it back here. Then after doing that about a year, I took up Argentine tango. I took up salsa dancing. I took up all this Latin dancing, which really learned, I learned how to balance with another person in that dance. You know, that, so I started doing activities that nurtured the female. I started um, beautifying my home, um, taking baths. Um, started nurturing. It was really sort of a, a, a realization that I need to nurture myself um, to look for things that I had enjoyment in life again was part of part of what needed to happen to be, you know, to allow that to allow that flow to start happening again. Um, so those were some it's sort of sort of the the dance dance was such a big part of that that healing. It was kind of a kind of a crazy time. In fact, I I even at the beginning of my business, I taught salsa dancing a little bit and did some talks where um, I did talks about how to really find your passion again, and um, and you know brought in my salsa instructor and we would demonstrate dance and I would talk about passion and and those sorts of things so dance became a big really a big part of my life for about 10 years um that that to allow that um so that was that was kind of one of the, the things that I did that you wouldn't think dance but dance was one of the things that really kind of freed me back up again and also dating and giving myself permission to to get back in that world and really just embracing that whole feminine side of myself was very important. Mm. And I still, and I will be honest with you still today, I'm, I'm 57. Um, I no longer have periods, which, um, you know, in my creativity is really, I mean, I've been through menopause. Um, and that was even leading up to menopause, that perimenopausal period was so difficult. There were period, there were times that, that um, it, it got all out of whack again, <laughs> you know, it just, it just got all out of whack where I was, had a, a, a period of about nine months where I was bleeding nonstop a few years ago. And so it was this, but it was also a big flow of life happening too. I was coming to another level of myself and my work and I'd kind of had some, set some big goals and the flow was right there with it. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of curious about your thoughts around the, the menopausal woman because um, I feel like I'm in a highly creative time for myself and have been. Well, kind of this right after this postmenopausal period. Right. So um, the way I look at it and have learned to, to see it from my first uh, women's blood mysteries teacher and herbal instructor way back 25 years ago, <laughs> she talked about how um, if you look at the menstrual cycle, mm -hmm. and I talk about this all the time, if we look at the menstrual cycle uh, and stretch that out over the course of our life cycle, so mm -hmm. the time, the right when menstruation completes or 
actually menstruation could be considered childbirth itself, right? That's the first. So, and then, then as menstruation is completing, then that's our upbringing, our child, uh, childhood and coming into adulthood and initiation into womanhood. And then um, ovulation would correspond to uh, full maturity as, as a woman and the menstrual cycle and all of this, you know, perhaps pregnancy, childbirth, all of that. And then as we're coming out of menstruation, and some people correspond this with the seasons of the year, I like that too. So that's the spring, right, of the childhood and upbringing. The summer is the full maturity of the woman, the ovulation, the mother. And then, and then as that, um, as we're, then waning like the waning of the moon um that's considered i i call it the enchantress phase so uh that time between um where where motherhood is kind of winding down as the main focus and the woman is thinking who am i really absolutely what is my real purpose in life what are the gifts that i'm meant to be giving to the world what's my magic right how am i supposed to be enchanting the world <laughs> with my gifts and that perimenopausal phase very much corresponds to that and it's often a, a time of of difficulty because like my initial teacher said if we spent a lot of our lives and all and a lot of our months of menstruation throughout our lives not paying attention to those questions because menstruation is not something we were taught to really pay attention to. And that premenstrual phase, when women become really irritated with everyone, everything and everyone around them, if it's not in alignment with their sole purpose, absolutely anything yes. that's not in alignment with that becomes terribly irritating every month and if we just dismiss that all the through the years or any portion of our lives at any number of years then that adds up so that in that perimenopausal phase even if if you have become more aligned any misalignment just needs to be shed <laughs> yes. And so that's oftentimes what, where a lot of heavy bleeding might be from on the emotional and energetic level. But I also mm -hmm. feel like it doesn't have to be that physically demanding. Right. So there are ways to support the body through that transition because that mm -hmm. can be very depleting, what you describe of bleeding um, all the time oh, well, for yeah, six months at the, yeah. Yeah, at the same time that you're trying to create this new life for yourself I'm sure that was terribly depleting and so um, and and challenging and so what I really encourage um, and it sounds like you did to the best of your ability but you didn't know that there were womb-centered healing practitioners out there and so that's that's so lovely. Yes. <laughs> yeah so that's the importance of this podcast and to share that if people are 
um, experiencing a difficult time in perimenopause, it's usually because there's been a buildup of deficiency in nutrition and taking care of ourselves and being in alignment. And it's a time to really focus on what can we do to take better care of the womb? What, how can we listen even more, even more? And oftentimes you're like tired by then. You're like, I've done all this work. What do you mean even more healing? When do I get to stop? Yeah, when do yeah. I get to stop? What do you mean I need more yeah. healing, right? And, and, but that's just how it is in this world that isn't supportive of, of the feminine life cycle. So becoming that enchantress for ourselves, discovering yeah. the gift that we're to give, but giving it to ourselves like way more than we ever thought possible is really the important thing uh, in that enchantress phase to to really allow ourselves to be enchanted and enchantment it, it can feel a bit dangerous and scary and and sort of on the edge if you will of of reality um in place between the worlds that kind of a thing so so facing our shadows facing uh you know our blind spots um, but and facing our unresolved traumas becomes really important, but doing it in such a way that we're we're not re-traumatizing ourselves or re-injuring ourselves. Um, so this is this is a topic that's really uh, I'm really passionate about. I'm in that enchantress phase right now. And I, I feel like this is a big uh, part of why this work has become so, so central for me, this womb centered healing work because I really heard my teacher back then and I started aligning my life and didn't allow my menstrual cycle to be, be um, difficult. I organized my life, my whole life around that. And anytime I had any small sign of difficulty, I would say, okay, what do I need to change in my diet? What do I need to change in my life? What's going on? And really listened. And I started having those messages early on in my you know like maybe six seven eight years ago and and i started paying attention to that and preparing for right. menopause as this great transition and getting my life in alignment as best as i could and you know changing some pretty big things <laughs> well you know it's interesting um that you you you're talking about this and the something came up for me that um during this you know in my 40s when um, the perimenopausal things or that ir those irritants um it's interesting because i knew when things irritated me and my, my best friend and i used to talk about this you know we would call each other we'd be in tears and then the first response would be are you pmsing <laughs> are you pmsing and then the discussion would go well maybe I am and thank you because maybe this is telling me that there's something else I need to change in my life. And uh, the irritant is a gift and that's how we would look at it. The gift, the irritant is the gift because it's showing me something that needs to maybe change or tweak or let go of. And so we were able to support each other in that to go, okay, well, now that we know this, what do we need to do about that? And kind of had this partner in crime around really paying attention to those irritants, but seeing them as the gift of something that needed to be changed or shifted. Mm -hmm. And I spent a lot of time in my forties kind of approaching it that way. That included 
maybe this isn't the right guy I need to be dating. Mm. Maybe this isn't, you know, this, maybe there's clients I need to let go of. Maybe there's, you know, I'm done with this particular friend. There's maybe this friend's not healthy. So whatever was irritating me, I kind of looked at it as pay attention because there may be Mm -hmm. something you need to really change and shift here. So I saw it as a gift. Yes. Beautiful. And that, and I feel like that's, so uh, it's getting more and more common that that women are learning to listen to that as a source of wisdom instead of dismissing or invalidating that as, oh, that's just PMS. Right. 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 And that, that, that I feel, I'm so glad that you had a friend that you could, you know, support that with each other because so often in society and in social circles and, you know, in our communities that's just written off or dismissed or invalidated and so she's just being crazy or right exactly and that's how it's been that's how it's been for for many generations and so that alone is a powerful healing and I imagine that your perimenopausal period was much less difficult than it would have been if you hadn't had that Um, because you were listening, but it had just, you know, that, that difficult period was, uh, was the accumulated stuff that needed to get let go of from, from, you know, when you had lost track of yourself or lost connection with yourself. Absolutely. You know, and I think too, the more, since I created this business, you know, really around that time and, um, I think that it just, it was, it's like it's stages, you know, if the more you, you had that, then maybe it's another stage of what you need to pay attention to in the business. And I also saw the correlation with clients and, um, you know, it was, it, it wasn't put past me that so many clients during that period of time were women who were also going through their own changes of, Either they were moms who were really struggling with how to how to keep it all together, um, but many many women who were really looking for what is my purpose, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing. I think that's why my coaching is really all about authenticity and bringing you back to who you are as a person, and then how do you live that out in the world? And that's certainly what I attract into my own coaching practice then and now. So beautiful. And then you wondered about um, menopause itself. So in that model that we talked about, so menopause then is the menstruation of your life. Okay. But you just don't happen to be bleeding. <laughs> but, right. right. But energetically, all of the po- womb powers that activate during menstruation are kind of on all the time during menopause. So a lot of women feel a lot of creativity, a lot of, um, you know, extrasensory powers, extrasensory abilities to, to know and, and more connected with the intuition, more like that portal of the womb is, is open. Like, right. Right. that's it. It goes from opening, closing, opening, closing, opening, closing, holding, releasing, holding, releasing, holding, releasing to, okay, we're open now. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And it's just flowing flowing out. And I think it's that way, you know, you say for creativity, but I think it's also that way 
to be able to connect to others too. Uh, to me, I feel like this period of time, I've had a much bigger heart opening as well. Um, I feel there's that heart aspect of really embracing other people and having those deeper connections. Not just my creativity has been heightened, but also that piece of it as well, which has just been, um, yeah, it's, it's feels like, it feels like there's alignment. If that's the word I could use. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing all of these insights and this ability to connect uh, with us right now. That's a real blessing to, I can really feel that when you describe that um, coming from you and the joy that that gives you and everyone that you connect with. I can feel it. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank and you. so, it, yeah. So um, you just to, to bring it back around to, you talked about this um, collaborative book project that you're involved with, with Tam and the other ladies that have been coming on the podcast here. And so I'm curious if someone wanted to um, connect with you, learn about your book, learn about your work, where would they go to find that? Yes, thank you for asking. Yes, as you mentioned, Tam's project, um, Women Who Boss Up, our book is coming out um, August 14th. And we're currently doing a book tour and promotions. Um, people will be able to buy books directly from the, the women who are in there. There's 16 women featured in this book. Um, and so that's, you can connect with me directly through my website. My company name is Excavive to excavate your life, um, excavive.com. So it's E-X-C-A-V-I-V-E.com. Um, and I, there on my website, you can sign up on my newsletter. Um, you actually get a free um, Be Who You Are, Six Ways to Excavate Yourself. It's a free book, ebook that I give to people who sign up for my list. Um, and I've also just published an- another book besides the Boss Up Tour called The True You Reimagined, um, Discover Your Authentic Self. And um, so there's, it's a compilation of some work that I've done along the way. And um, it's actually, I have a chapter in here about own, owning your feminine power and some of the qualities that uh, you can really extract for yourself. Um, but yes, so you can reach me through my website or directly email me, jennifer at excavate.com as well. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Jennifer. And listeners know that um, you've, not listened before, this will be new to you, but most have. So uh, you can find out more about the Womb Centered Healing Temple at wombcenteredhealing.com. Lots of wonderful things there. Uh, So hopefully we'll get to see more of you as listeners as you reach out to us and connect. And may we all um, do that uh, self-archeology span Seems like you're talking about with this excavation. I just am imagining these, you know, uh, archaeological excavation sites inside of us where we uh, find the fossils of, of parts of us that got lost along the way and reclaim those as the treasures they are. So um, thank you. Thank you once thank again you. for joining us. And that's all for now. Until next time.